Hello and welcome to Interfilm Recommends, a podcast for film club leaders which highlights new and classic titles for you to explore with your clubs. My name is Michael and this week I'm joined by Eleanor and we're from the programming team here at Interfilm. We curate a selection of the most interesting and educationally relevant films out there and add them to our catalogue where they're available for schools and film clubs to order for free. Today's primary-themed podcast is Intercanine Companions, and it's our final podcast of term. We'll be looking at films featuring children and dogs, of which there are three new releases to discuss. We'll then be looking at some highlights from our associated children and dogs film list. The special relationship between children and dogs has long been a source of fascination for cinema, all the way from classic titles like Lassie through to modern reinterpretations, such as The Good Dinosaur, as well as providing an insight into a unique relationship with a strong non-verbal bond existing outside of the regular framework of social interaction. The combination of children and dogs in film also allows freedom for wild adventures and the exploration of emotional territory and sensitive issues. So the three featured films we'll be talking about today are Oddball and the Penguins, Snoopy and Charlie Brown, the Peanuts movie, and Belle and Sebastian, the adventure continues. Let's kick off with Oddball and the Penguins, which is a use certificate film aimed at audiences of five and up. It's got some infrequent, very mild bad language and threats. It's a charming adventure about an eccentric farmer and his wayward dog who come up with a plan to protect their town's endangered penguins. And it features lots of slapstick moments. Uh, But it's also a comedy which is based on a true story. So it's set in the Australian town of Warrnambool, which is on the coast, um, where they have this little island which is home to penguins. And these penguins are a specific breed. They're called little or fairy penguins. Um, And as such, this film has a really big conservation theme. So it shows how specific habitats support the wildlife that live there. And the little penguins are under threat in this film. And they are actually endangered by foxes that manage to skip across during low tide. There's also an element of protecting the area from greedy developers who can see that with the penguins declining, there's an opportunity for them to develop the land. So as well as being able to talk about natural science here, we also have the issue of responsible pet ownership. And this is where Oddball, our dog from the title, comes in. So we have Farmer Swampy Marsh, and that's actually his real name, and his wayward Marama dog Oddball. And they're in trouble with animal control officers um, because of Oddball's behaviour. And they're trying to find a fair solution to deal with the dog while not breaking Swampy's granddaughter Libby's heart by having him locked away. So here's a little bit of an insight into the situation that we find ourselves with at the beginning of the film. Couldn't Oddball go to an obedience school? Miss Marsh, this is the third time the dog's been in trouble. We have the support to fast track what needs to be done. And he is obviously... Dangerous. Oddball isn't dangerous. He's just curious. So quite a fun theme in this film is the idea of animals having jobs. So Oddball has a specific role that he's supposed to fulfil, and it's not the one that he was initially intended for. He makes a very bad sheepdog, but he ends up actually having quite an important role to play for our little penguins. Swampy and Libby come up with an ingenious scheme to save Oddball from pet prison and to make sure to test Oddball thoroughly to be sure that their plan will work. It's a good film for young audiences to start exploring natural science and scientific experiments as well as being a very light-hearted and heartwarming family comedy. We've got an in-depth resource and a one-page resource available for you to download. Okay, so let's now look at Snoopy and Charlie Brown, the Peanuts movie. This is rated as a U by the BBFC, 
Uh, we put it at five plus. There are a couple of scenes of comic slapstick and another sort of scenes, but there's there are no injuries. So it sees Charlie Brown, uh, his dog Snoopy, and the rest of the much-loved Peanuts gang returning to the big screen to embark on a new adventure. If I could only work up the nerve to go over there. What are you looking at, big brother? Uh, are you crazy? So Charlie Brown is seeking to fit in at school, but as we expect, continually makes mistakes and suffers one blunder after another. But with the arrival of a new girl and with a perfect score on a class test, his luck might just be set to change. Uh, Snoopy's actually off on a quest of his own on a side plot where he takes to the skies to battle with his arch enemy, the Red Baron. So this is this is a film with real affection, animated with real, real affection for the original comics and the television show. It's a warm and enjoyable journey uh, with messages around fitting in school life and the bonds of friendship. So we've talked about this film briefly on a previous podcast of Transition, but it's actually such a good film to look at for different angles, and Children and Dogs is very much one of those. So firstly, it's uh, part of this continuing trend of revisiting old friends and old franchises. We see other uh, primary-focused films like Goosebumps, uh, Finding Dory, Star Wars, of course, doing this in recent times. So what they're trying to do is to evoke the spirit of the original and to make something that's different enough and yet retains the same qualities. Uh, We've seen older franchises like Planet of the Apes and Star Trek do this really, really well in recent years. Uh, Eleanor, can you think of some examples for primary? Well, we've actually got one on our Children and Dogs film list. Um, The Tintin series, which was originally uh, some comics as well, which um, has been made into films both in the original French and also the recent one by Steven Spielberg um, with uh, Tintin and the Secret of the Unicorn. Yeah, and there's there's another uh, Spielberg series as well, isn't there? Yes, of course. Um, Slightly older audience intended here with uh, all the Indiana Jones films, which uh, many of us will remember from our youth, and also the sort of not quite so recent remake now that sort of takes the story on with Indiana Jones' son. Uh, So you might ask how Snoopy and Charlie Brown does this. One of the ways is through the animation, which is lovingly rendered with real reference to the uh, original comic strips and TV shows. So there might have been a temptation to make this a, a more of a garish or glossy affair, but instead, much like the overall film itself, it remains really simple and has real charm. So examples like the, the big blocky heads with the minimal features, the muffled voices of the adults uh, are really nice touches. And finally, there are the character traits themselves. This is particularly Charlie Brown, because it's his story that we largely follow, but also people like Lucy and her self-confidence, uh, Linus, his loyalty and friendship, Schroeder's passion for music. They all have uh, individual and shared values. Uh, They do tease each other, but they're clearly all friends, and there's no real antagonist in this film. And one of the fascinating traits about Snoopy in this children and dogs angle is that he's a fully-fledged character in his own right, and in this film goes off on his own uh, largely separate adventure. Uh, And this is something that distinguishes, distinguishes him a little bit from some of the other dogs in this list. We've also got a large resource and a one page film guide for Snoopy and Charlie Brown.
Another new addition to our catalogue is Belle and Sebastian, The Adventure Continues. This is a certificate PG film, and we recommend it for ages 7 plus. Um, There's some mild threat and some mild bad language, and of course, as it is a French film, it does also have subtitles, so it might be a little bit tricky for younger audiences to follow. So this is a drama that is set in the immediate aftermath of World War II, and it follows on from the first film, which was just called Belle and Sebastian, which is all about Belle and Sebastian first meeting and forming their relationship, when Belle is this kind of wild mountain dog who is feared by the community, but befriended by Sebastian. In this sequel, Sebastian and Belle are on another perilous mission to help save a friend in need. So this is a really classic, old-fashioned adventure story, and as such, safety is a bit of a concern. So we have Sebastian, who is always keen to explore and go further than others would dare. In the first film, Belle and Sebastian stand up to the Nazis. In this one, they're trying to um, recover a friend whose plane has gone down on the return back from the war. And Belle both helps Sebastian explore and sometimes leads him on even further, as well as protecting him from danger, managing to sniff out risks. Identity and belonging are also a really big deal in this film. Sebastian is a rescued boy whose mother died and who doesn't know his father, and Belle is an abandoned dog who was found wandering in the hills. Together they bond as outsiders, and Sebastian trusts Belle much more than he trusts other people. The film also features lost and displaced people after World War II, and there's a bit of a link to the refugee experience here, and it can work really well as a starter for that conversation. And of course, being a French film, it's quite good to support language learning. We have a one-page film guide to support viewing in class and in clubs that you can download from our website. Featuring a few more highlights from our film list, um, Michael, will you kick us up with your picks? Yeah, so we're going to look, first of all, at the classic uh, Wizard of Oz. Uh, This is a U certificate from the BBFC. We put it at 7+, because, as you might well know, it's got some scarier sequences and uh, some fantasy threat in this film. If you don't know the plot, uh, we see Dorothy and her beloved dog and companion Toto uh, placed in a real-life scary situation as they're caught up in a storm and then transported to this fantasy land of Oz where they meet uh, both good and bad characters, including uh, an evil witch and her flying monkeys. Now, this film is remembered fondly for a number of reasons, I think. So there are the songs which uh, capture the spirit of the film, Uh, brilliantly and beautifully Uh, the characters we meet on the way Um, and of course there's a burst of colour as well which is such a shock to audiences at the time as we first uh, travel into Oz but one of the key things uh, on top of that is Toto and his relationship with Dorothy so as we can see here she'll do anything she can to protect him she'd even rather take the punishment herself that dog's a menace to the community I'm taking him to the sheriff and make sure he's destroyed Destroyed? Toto? Oh, you can't. You mustn't. Annie M. Uncle Henry, you won't let her, will you? <laughs> of course we won't. Uh, uh, where we am? Please, Aunt M. Toto didn't mean to. He didn't know he was doing anything wrong. I'm the one that ought to be punished. I let him go in her garden. So this film really is a timeless classic. It's perhaps maybe the ultimate tale of children and dogs. Toto is a much-needed companion. He's a reminder of home, a security blanket, a loyal and loving friend for Dorothy as they explore this strange new world together. And whenever she's struggling, he's her source of comfort and he's the first place she turns. Toto also proves his worth at the end of the film in helping to unmask the wizard for what he truly is. And this is a reminder for us to never underestimate the instinct 
of children, animals or anyone else in film. Another film that really features dogs as a protector is The Cave of the Yellow Dog, which is a Eustificate film which, although it contains nothing disturbing or threatening, um, we would recommend for ages seven and up because it is a subtitled film. Um, it's a really gentle drama about a young girl from a Mongolian nomad family who befriends a dog that she's found while out and doing her duties. But her father is reluctant to let her keep her new friend, which he's named Zokor, which means spot in Mongolian, in case he attracts wolves and threatens their sheep. It's a really thoughtfully paced film, which is as much about revealing how Nansal and her family live as it is about the adventures that Zokor leads her into. It presents a really different vision of childhood. Nansal and her brother and sister are free in the open landscape, but they also have responsibilities towards their family. It's an insight into a totally different way of life, which is ruled by its traditions. The children need to help with the family lifestyle by doing things such as collecting dung to burn as fuel, herding sheep and goats, and also doing tasks such as making cheese. There's also a really nice insight into the sort of spirituality and the rituals and beliefs of their way of life, um, particularly uh, with ideas such as reincarnation, which comes up again and again, as well as kind of myths and legends in this story. So in this film, dogs are seen as potentially dangerous. Uh, Zokor is a wild animal. He's a stray that has been found by Nansal, um, but she shares a special bond with him and kind of manages to tame him. But her parents are a little bit reluctant to trust him. Living such an isolated existence, Zokor is Nansal's one friend outside of her immediate family. And although the excitement and curiosity about her new pet often distracts her from her duties, when there's a threat to their family, Zokor proves his worth to her doubting father. The next film we've got to talk about is Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Now, again, this is a youth certificate, but we do put it at 7+. It's just some mild comic violence and threat here. Also, some very mild bad language. Um, but on top of that, some bits of the film uh, might be a little bit complex. There's uh, a lot of science and history going on here. Uh, that shouldn't prevent you from showing this to a younger audience, which it indeed can and does work with, but um, we think it would work best of all with just a slightly older age group. Now, this sees, uh, this is probably more uh, dogs and children actually, as Mr. Peabody is a genius, and not just a genius for a dog, but a fully fledged genius uh, in and of himself. As I grew, I saw more and more of my litter mates being chosen by their new families. But for some reason, I never was. But why? Won't you just throw it again? It's an exercise in futility. He adopts uh, a young child named Sherman and brings him up. Now this role reversal is a significant one, as Mr Peabody has to prove himself as a competent carer, while Sherman needs to decide whether or not to embrace this uh, slightly strange familial situation. So the plot sees them traveling through this time machine that they've built together named The Way Back. They use it to travel back through the ages to learn about different historical periods, figures and events firsthand. We visit the French Revolution, ancient Egypt, we bump into Leonardo da Vinci for a while and uh, we also witness the Trojan War uh, on this series of adventures for the two and classmate Penny across hundreds of years as they try to get back to the present. As you might be able to tell already, there are so many lovely themes and angles to work with here, relating to science and history, but also broader themes like identity, responsibility, growing up, 
and friendships. For example, Mr. Peabody discusses specific scientific terms and theories, and together they build machines, and they travel back in time, and as well as this, the characters and the places they visit lend themselves so well to historical learning about wars, empires, inventors, and so on. Our final highlight from the Children and Dogs film list today is Frankenweenie, which is a PG certificate film aimed at 7+. Uh, It contains some mild threat, scary scenes and one use of mild language. Uh, So this is a black and white animation and it is directed by the legendary Tim Burton. And it's a feature length remake of his original short that launched his career. We should remember as well that um, it's not the first animated film that Tim Burton has directed, with Corpse Bride coming um, a fair few years before. And uh, he was also, of course, heavily involved with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Absolutely. And so this kind of condenses his vision. Um, He's very well known for these kind of gothic themes and these very kind of um, kind of exploring what goes on beneath the surface in kind of ordinary suburban life. So it's all about a young boy called Victor who loses his beloved dog Sparky uh, and as he's a bit of a sort of um, science fanatic he decides to conduct an experiment to bring him back to life but when he succeeds things escalate beyond his control. He was a great dog, a great friend. The best dog a kid could have. When you lose someone you love, they never really leave you. They just move into a special place in your heart. He'll always be there, Victor. I don't want him in my heart. I want him here with me. I know. If we could bring him back, we would. This is a comedy horror film, uh, but the scares are more implied. uh, And there's a big focus on kind of homage to the great horror films in cinema history. Uh, For example, Frankenstein, which is actually the protagonist Victor's family name. Uh, And also there is a very fantastic reference to Godzilla, which you should watch out for. This film also takes on that kind of notion in horror films about the things that kind of go beyond what we can imagine. And in this case, it's the use of science to kind of push the boundaries and what could happen if they're pushed too far. So there's this kind of whole exploration of childhood obsession here as well, which I think many people can relate to. Uh, So this kind of really appeals to the sense of kind of childhood obsessions, like children that really want to know everything about what they're learning and kind of sometimes push the boundaries beyond what they should. And actually, when it ends in success, all of the neighbourhood children want to have a go at it as well and try and bring back the precious pets that they weren't ready to say goodbye to. So as well as having this kind of slightly fun, slightly creepy look at kind of what will happen if we push the boundaries too far. It also brings up the more serious issue about loss. And for many children, um, the first time they'll experience loss will be the loss of a pet. And so it's kind of exploring those notions of how people deal with it and knowing when to let go. So this film is very beautiful to look at uh, and is very charming. And you can have a little look behind the scenes uh, in our interview with the film's producer, Alison Abate, which you can look at on interfilm.org. So they're all the films for this week's podcast. You can find all of the resources we've talked about on interfilm.org, where you can also order all of these films, and we'll provide these links in the show notes on SoundCloud. Please get in touch on Twitter at interfilm underscore edgy with any feedback regarding the podcast or anything else you'd like to discuss with us or any suggestions you might have for next term's podcast. We'd love to hear from you. 
All of our previous podcasts are available on SoundCloud for listening over summer. We've looked at things like space and Shakespeare and sport and Europe uh, and other things as well. This has been Interfilm Recommends and our podcast today has been Into Canine Companions. <laughs> <laughs>